welcome back to the podcast. I'm Kate Wilson. And I'm Anna Shaw. And today we're doing a special sponsored podcast episode with Backbase. So it's a little bit different, but the premise for this session is that new to bank balances for customers that are originated in a branch are still 10 times higher than accounts originated digitally at some banks. And this is according to the financial brand. And it's not because less valuable customers opening digital accounts. Rather, there are currently customer experience gaps between the way accounts are onboarded in person as opposed to digital channels. So without an aggressive onboarding process, the value of new digital accounts opened are less likely to grow to the extent that they might otherwise. So for this podcast episode, Kate's going to start us off with some RFI data, and then we'll head into a panel with special guests from Heritage Bank and Backbase. So over to you, Kate. Thanks, Anna. Uh, what I'm going to start off with today, a bit of a different podcast episode. So I'm going to start off by sharing some RFI research. So if you are listening to the podcast, please do feel free to go and watch the webinar to see the slides, but I'll also be talking about the data that I'm going through and really setting ourselves up for quite a good panel discussion in a few, few moments' time. Uh, but what I wanted to talk about today and, and relying really on some of the recent research we've been doing at RFI is looking at the customer onboarding experience and in particular what we're seeing in terms of the digital, the importance of digital and how digital is changing. One of the things we've been looking at quite a lot, obviously, through the last 18 months and through the pandemic is what's been happening in terms of digital banking usage and what does that mean in terms of changing customer expectations? We've already seen quite a high rate of digitalization in terms of customers using digital channels when performing uh, different day-to-day -day banking tasks. Australia has one of the highest rates of digital banking usage in the world, actually. What we've seen through the pandemic is really a shift in terms of the, the uptake of mobile banking. So while we've always seen really high rates of digital banking adoption in Australia, we're really starting to see that shift towards mobile really accelerated. So throughout the, the, throughout the course of 2020 and into 2021, we've seen a rapid uptake in terms of proportion of consumers who are using mobile banking channels on a regular basis. So digitalization uh, speeding up, but also shifting a little bit in terms of how customers are behaving. Uh, and this is uh, this podcast is going to be talking about onboarding. So the other key point that I wanted to mention in terms of what we're seeing in our data is just the fact that we're starting to see customers become more comfortable with the digital onboarding process. Uh, when we look at how customers would feel about applying for different products via digital channels, we generally get a pretty high proportion of customers who are comfortable doing the entire process online. If we're talking about a, a pretty basic product, a transaction account, a savings account, even a credit card, we actually see over 50% of consumers who say, I would be pretty comfortable doing this completely online. Um, there's also an additional about 20% of customers who are comfortable doing parts of the application online. I'll talk about that a little bit more in just a moment because there's an important point there, I think, around how customers are um, starting to use digital but want that omni-channel support and, and want to know that there are people there to talk to as they're going through a digital application. If we're looking at more complex products, so personal loans um, and mortgages in particular, a smaller proportion of customers are comfortable perfor uh, performing that application completely online. Um, but as I said, that's where that omni-channel experience really does come to play. Um, there is opportunity to digitize parts of the onboarding process to create a better customer experience. It's just about making sure that customers do feel like they still have that support as they're going through the application journey. Um, and if we break that down a little bit further and we start to think about different parts of an application uh, journey for a customer when they're applying for a new product, we actually see in our data that there's a pretty high rate of customers who are comfortable doing different parts of the journey online. And actually most of the journey customers' preference would be to do that stage of the, of the journey via digital channels. 
Where you still see preference for face-to-face -face channels is generally at the end of the application journey. So when we're looking at things like ID verification, uh, sharing documents, uh, signing documents, there still is a bit of a preference for face-to-face -face for customers. That is potentially being driven by the fact that customers still feel like they need to do those things online. Sorry, uh, still feel like they need to do those things in person. Um, so not really being aware of things like DocuSign or not understanding how those bits of the process would work. Um, there also, I think, is an opportunity to make sure that customers are able to perform different parts of the journey uh, via online channels. Um, but as I said before, making sure they still have that uh, omni-channel experience, they still have access to call centres, they still have access to face-to-face -face channels where they need support, where they need help, where they're asking a question. So when we're thinking about what parts of the application journey can be digitised, really there is an opportunity to, to digitise throughout the application journey, but with that backup support for customers. If we overlay an age lens on this, we actually see um, even higher rates of appetite for digital channels across every part of the application journey. So we can expect that this trend will continue as younger customers who've had their expectations set by the, the, the highly digital world that they live in, the way that they've always interacted with their banks. They're going to start to expect that across uh, different application journeys as well. Uh, the other point I just wanted to make before we start to think about, before we go into the panel, is just there are still a few key pain points when we look at digital application journeys. So while customers are becoming increasingly comfortable using digital throughout the application journey, there are still some areas that need to be worked on and need to be improved to make sure that that customer journey is, is meeting customers' expectations um, and is creating in a good outcome for the customer. When we look at our data at RFI, one of the key things that we see throughout uh, throughout online uh, applications is a couple of key pain points, in particular related to either speed, so the perception of how long something is going to take not meeting up with customer expectations, and then also around communication. So there is a key pain point there about making sure that when you are um, when a customer is going through a digital channel where they don't have that direct communication, uh, that there is still that um, element of feeling like they've been taken care of by the bank, that they have that access to someone if they need to ask questions, that they still know what is happening in the process as well. And if we think about the fact that customers uh, maybe have quite high expectations in terms of speed when they're going through an online channel, um, expecting it's going to be quicker and, and more convenient than going via another channel. Uh, we, it is important to make sure that banks are also meeting those expectations, but also communicating back to customers in terms of how long things are actually going to take so they feel like they are still connected to the bank as they're going through the application journey. Um, and customer service is probably the other one that I would mention there as well, making sure that customers still do feel connected, still do feel like they're receiving service from the bank, and that helps to drive that longer-term valued customer relationship as well. If we look at how do we get customers to go online to a greater extent, there definitely is an opportunity to support customers through that omni-channel experience and making sure the customers feel like they can start an application online, but if they've got questions, if they get stuck, there are other channels there that are able to support them. Um, when we look at our research and we ask customers what would encourage them to go online, the number one thing is I'm, I want the ability to stop, start and save my application. So I want to know that I don't lose my progress. I want to know that I can go off and find, find the information I need so I can ask a question, I'm still going to be able to go through and, and finish that application that I've started. And then the final point I wanted to make, and I think this will come up in the panel as well, is just the fact that we're starting to see that shift in terms of what customers expect from digital. So 
Digital onboarding is really important, having the right digital experiences for customers, right uh, digital channels and, and access to different parts of, of an onboarding experience. But if we think beyond the onboarding experience and that ongoing relationship with customers, there's also a key point here that customers are starting to think more about digital as a differentiator. So when they're choosing a bank, they're expecting digital, uh, really good digital banking, they're expecting really good mobile banking apps, um, but also customers are starting to look at those new features. So when we look at our research, what we see is that customers who are looking to switch their banks in the next 12 months are actually starting to look for some of those more PFM type features. So they're looking for um, the ability to budget better, the ability to track their savings better. Some of the newer features that we're starting to see in the market are really important for customers. And that's something that we can expect will continue as we start to see more of those features being released. So um, digital important, obviously, in the, in the onboarding experience and having the right channels there for customers, the right experience for customers. But if we think about an ongoing relationship with customers as well, there's also that key point around the fact that customers are expecting really good digital, um, really good mobile banking apps. And you need to be able to provide that to customers for that ongoing relationship as well. I will start the panel in, in just a moment. Uh, so what I will do is I will invite my panelists uh, to the discussion. So Sean from Heritage and Iman from Backbase. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Would you both like to introduce yourselves? Um, Iman, why don't we start with you? Thanks, Kate. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Iman Godosi. I'm the Regional Vice President for Backbase in Asia Pacific. Great to be with you today. Uh, and I'm Sean Clancy, uh, the Head of Digital CX and Sales at Heritage Bank. Well, thank you so much uh, to both of you for joining us today. Um, let's get started with the conversation. And, and what I really wanted to start off with, uh, some of what we saw in that research was about managing those customer expectations, especially during an onboarding experience and especially around sort of time and, and what customers are going to be asked to do as they go through an application journey. Um, what I would be really keen to, to start off with, and a question for both of you, how do you get that balance right between um, speed and expectation management from a customer perspective when you're when uh, during the onboarding experience? Uh, Sean, let's start with you on that one. Uh, obviously, uh, they go hand in hand. Uh, so no matter what your process or business is, um, you, you're trying to set people up to expect what um, you're going to deliver. Um, so for, for us, uh, speed is part of a CX measure we call ease. Um, which is again part of about half a dozen dozen other CX measures um, in our program. So uh, we are basically trying to tackle that from both sides. Um, so do what you can as much um, digitally. We're uh, going through a transformation pro uh, project at the moment with our origination platform uh, to try and make that easy and um, speed our internal processes up. But the other side too is uh, simply just making the process more transparent to people. So uh, like I said in the research earlier, keep keeping people up to date, um, giving them some way they can log in to, to, to see um, progress um, and giving them some idea of how long uh, some of those things will take. And Iman, how do you get that balance right in, in, from your perspective? Yeah, I'd have to agree with Sean on that one. Speed and expectation management, they pretty much go hand in hand in the new world, right? So if we look at what's happened around us with COVID, that's really accelerated, you know, digital transformation in a lot of organisations. So, and what we're seeing is in a post-COVID world, we're all starting to act like millennials, right? And the, the, the traits of those customers are they want access to anything, anywhere, 
on their terms, right? And the relationship and the expectations they have on banks has changed quite dramatically compared to some of the other um, so, so some of the other age groups that we've that we've seen. So, and I'll give you I'll give you an example um, on, on a personal level. My father five years ago would insist on going into a branch and withdrawing cash because he would want us to have that human engagement and human element, right? Um, you know, I, I was very surprised when I saw him about a year ago that he's using his, uh, you know, Apple Pay on his phone to, to, to pay for things, right? So that's, uh, you know, that's the shift and the change that we're seeing in the sentiments. Now, where I think, you know, if we sort of step back a bit, what's happening around us is what, you know, we, we all now living in what, you know, what I call like the Netflix or the Uber economy which really is that engagement economy. It's all about putting the customer in the center of everything you do and building business models around the customer. And that's what some of these disruptors have been able to do using technology to, to become the, the captains of their industry. Technology is just an enabler of this paradigm shift. And we're seeing that in, um, in banking and, and financials as well. But if you look at, you know, if we take the Netflix example and why is Netflix so successful, right? Um, and they've overtaken all the movie studios and all the, all the all the TV studios and everything else is they truly understand, right? What you and I want, right? So they, you know, they've built they've been able to build that engaging relationship, right? Trying to understand what are our habits, what do we like to watch, when do we start a show, when do we stop a show, which episode we start, we stop, we, you know, at what time of the day we watch it. So all of these data points, it's enabled them to service us better, and we're seeing this more and more in the in the um in every other industry every industry is right now trying to figure out that whole how do you turn that traditional engagement model right into a meaningful digital engagement and at backbase we 100 percent believe that that's what's going to take to build the next set of banks to provide that digital experience that creating banks that people love so I like your story about uh, your dad using Apple Pay. I think we always assume that there is still a, a big generational gap and that younger customers are doing everything digitally and older customers are doing everything uh, by branch and um, with cash. But a lot of that has changed. Um, even in just the last few years, we're starting to see that really, that speed of change speed up quite a lot. I think that uh, change has been forced upon us, right? Yeah, that too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'd be curious to know what you guys think would be one thing that would that would uh, you could fix that would have the biggest impact on customer onboarding. If you could change one thing, and, and sure, we might start with you and, and thinking about the the Heritage Bank onboarding experience. What's the one thing that you think could improve the experience for uh, for customer onboarding for the industry? Um, something that's uh, probably a bit hard for the industry to. Um, to tackle, which is why uh, it's still a problem, uh, I guess, is just the complexity of trying to onboard someone. Um, and in a lot of ways, uh, the, the regulations that have uh, come out are, are there for a reason, uh, for a good reason, um, but then it also makes it more and more um, difficult to, to onboard people. Um, so we do get typically a lot of customers that would, would love to, to bank with us for, for various reasons and even just... Um, that repetitive information gathering, um, the complexity of that um, that process, um, it can turn people away. Um, I think going forward, um, my, my hope is with something like open banking um, could help speed that, like improve that quite a bit, um, where people could basically just go and share 
share those accounts between the different um, banks that they have um, or, you know, anything else that they have um, with, with us um, as they're onboarding. And so they're not typing their name in again, not typing their ID in again, and all those sorts of things that um, ends up taking an hour um, or, or longer for, for certain people. So, yeah. Yeah, I think the, um, that frustration that customers have of feeling like they've already provided information, having to provide it again. And even, um, I mean, Iman, you made the point before about us living in a, a Netflix and an Uber world where customers have a lot of pre-filled information when they're doing other things and having to have a very different experience when they're, whether they're going through a banking um, onboarding process, I imagine is a pain point as well. Um, is there anything else that you would add to that in terms of uh, things that could be changed to improve the onboarding experience? We've also got those issues around uh, um, accessibility. So um, if there's, being a bank, we serve, serve everyone. Um, and um, irrespective of whether it's their, your target market or or not, um, there's a lot of people out there that still have trouble reading or, or even just understanding um, what these products are about. Um, and the more complex the, this onboarding process becomes, uh, the more difficult it, it is for those people. Um, and we're seeing uh, that's really uh, having an impact on, on them being able to do it digitally. So we've got uh, this research is probably about a year ago. So there's a lot that's happened in the last year as far as uh, digital adoption is concerned. But uh, a, a year ago, we only um, had about 20% of uh, the people we surveyed um, were comfortable doing um, the entire mortgage process online. And if you've got a couple, then that drops to 10% potentially because uh, the other person's not, um, you know, not comfortable. And so they still uh, call or go and branch or something like that. And it's just simply the, the complexity of the product um, that's, that's causing that not necessarily like this was not just heritage customers, it's just irrespective of the system you have, um, people aren't sure. And so they sort of need to be walked through that process because it is so uh, complex at the moment. Absolutely. Uh, Iman, I think you would add to that in terms of how we can uh, improve the customer onboarding experience. Well, look, I think if you, again, if, if we just look at what we're getting used to is, uh, you know, so my, my question is, you know, why does it take so long? Why is there so many steps? Right, um, and as I think, as your uh, as, as your research suggested, you know, one of the first things that people want is the ability to stop and start, right, and have 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 that omni-channel experience. Um, you know, because if we don't give them that, there is a high chance of drop-off. There is a high chance of frustration with the consumer, and just it just changes the sentiment and that relationship and engagement that they would have with the with the financial institution. So I think we've got a great opportunity to streamline some of these um, some of these processes and 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 build a journey which you know is engaging for for the customer especially when you know as sean mentioned you know we're, we're embarking on open banking you know the banks have a lot of our data anyway so you know it, it should just be a, a, a lot more smoother or streamlined process yeah absolutely i think there's there's still so much complexity and friction in the onboarding experience which hopefully open banking starts to help solve for um, and, and staying with you, Aman, I'd be curious to know, thinking about other case studies around the globe um, in banking or outside of banking, is there, are there any industries or, sorry, any organisations that you would hold up as being a benchmark of, of really good customer onboarding and what can we learn from those, those case studies? 
Yeah, look, I, um, Kate, I think we can learn a lot from so like some of the onboarding journeys of the digital disruptors, right? These are, again, you know, companies that have been able to, make, you know, become the, the leaders of, in their various industries you know, over the last decade. Um, but for for now, let's maybe we should stick to banking because one of the one of the challenges we have in financial services is, is the is the regulations, right? Which which some of these other industries don't have. So whilst it may work really well for a Netflix or an Uber, then it's like a so what in a in a bank. So um, a good example of a customer that we have worked with here at Backbase um, in Austria is BKS Bank, right? They're the one of the leading. Uh, car and vehicle leasing banks in Austria, right? And, you know, some of the things that they've been able to do by by implementing some of the things that we're talking about is they've reduced the time to process a lease application by 90%, right? So, and they've done that by reducing the time to submit the lease application by 75%. And how they've done that is, again, they've made a lot of it self-service and they've made it really, really easy for the customer to go through that journey, and you know, you know, when they measured this um, post implementation, they're now up to you know, it's an average time to complete an application is now around five minutes. So if you think about that, and in that context of what they've been able to achieve now, that and what that journey looks like, right? And the and the key key aspect there is that self service, right, of the origination across all the channels. What is that opportunity for them to do it for? In, in other you know lines of business and for other products so it is possible to achieve some of the things that we're saying we have to achieve right and to provide that better engaging experience and we're seeing that you know in fragments of the market around the world in our customers that, that have been able to achieve some of these things and the the other thing that came out of um of the research and, and i know is also um quite topical is the idea that having a really good digital onboarding experience is really important, but we're also starting to see just changing customer expectations around digital more, more broadly. Um, in your opinion, how do we turn a great digital onboarding experience into an into ongoing digital engagement with customers? Look, onboarding to us really is, we look at that as sort of the entree and a process flow that really sets the tone for the relationship, right? You can very, very quickly figure out um, what what that ongoing relationship is going to be based on you know how how, you, how easy and how fast you can onboard um, on, onto a new new institution, but really you know for us we break it down you know that digit, great digital experience we break it down into four key components right the first component is you've got to have to think about ultimately the customer so you've got to build your processes and your systems and your your business all around how do you delight the customer at every touch point in every channel. Right. The second point would be, how do you empower your employee? So it's all well and good to have a really nice front end for the customer. But if the employee, your employees, your relationship managers don't have the same level of access to the same kind of data, exactly where a customer is on a particular journey, well, the, the process falls apart. Right. And again, a, a good example of a company that's really figured this out is Uber. And it's super simple. Right. When when you look at booking an Uber as a consumer, you and a driver are on the same platform. You're seeing the same thing. So when you connect and engage, you know exactly where you're at. Right. And again, we can you know, we can bring that into the world of banking. So at every touch point, at every engagement, both the employee and the customer are aligned exactly where um, where where something is up to. 
Thirdly, it's all about orchestrating value, right? So again, we talked about technology and you know all the all the enablement that that brings. There is a lot of fintech um, companies or fintech partners that will help you in that process. You no longer have to build everything. So if you think about, you know. KYC, you talk about AML, things like that, you know, you can integrate all of these things into that journey, into that process to make it smoother for, for, for the end customer and also give you the compliance that you need. And lastly, um, and this is, you know, it's, it's an overused word, but, you know, digitize the operations and automate all your processes, right? So that's, you know, that's what digital transformation is all about. But the thing that, you, you know, you've got to remember is, you know, you can automate a process, but you can't automate a relationship. And that's the key here, right? How do we go from digitizing processes, but also, you know, how do you build that engaging relationship with the um, with your end customers? Yeah, and on that, that topic of building uh, customer engagement and building relationship with customers, Sean, I'd be uh, keen to get your thoughts on um, on where branches fit into this. So we, we've seen a number of banks uh choosing to close branches over the last 12 months or so. We've seen um, obviously increase in digital usage and that speeding up of digital uh, adoption driven by the pandemic. Um, but Heritage is actually opening new branches. Could you talk a little bit about why Heritage is increasing its branch network at the moment? Um, for Heritage itself, um, there's actually uh, quite a number of reasons. Um, the demands hit on the exact thing. Uh, you can't automate a relationship uh, or you you can, but people don't trust it. Uh, so um, there, there's always our value proposition is really around that relationship. Uh, it's extremely important to uh, to the bank, um, and there's a, a lot of things going digital um, from a bottom line point of view, um, so that they can serve people um, cheaper and that sort of thing. And and we we feel like that. Um, with the mutual banking model that that is something that we can provide um, we can utilize that extra um, you know benefit that we get uh, through that model um, to have that relationship there um, one of the things that we see as well is um, basically there, there's a compression of the branch networks um, but not necessarily an elimination so um, we're in a, a, a I'm in Toowoomba, uh, for example, um, about, uh, I think, 170,000 people here. Um, some of the banks, the larger banks may have had like four or five branches and they've gone down, down to one or two, um, but they haven't taken them out of the town. Like they're still, they're still there. Um, and for us, most of our branch network is in uh, Queensland, New South Wales. Um, and so for us, we, we're sort of just trying to expand that reach out um, and basically use digital to fill the gaps. So where you might have two or three branches right next to each other because everyone needed to, to be able to drive there really quickly. Um, it's more about there's a branch in town. If I need it, when I go to do something big, I'm, I'm starting a business, I'm, I'm doing a home loan, I'm trying to refinance, like these huge decisions for people, life-changing decisions um, that they're not sure about. Um, and... At the moment, um, digital is fantastic if you know what you want to do. Um, you can just go in and um, go online and do it and do it in your gym jams at nine o'clock at night. Um, and that's that's awesome. But um, when you're trying to make those huge life decisions, um, you, you know, you might be having a kid and you think, oh, now I've got to buy a house and a car. How am I going to do this? 
those sorts of conversations um, are, are really what uh, branches excel at. Um, and there's also, uh, especially for um, for us to compete with the majors as well, their trust is a key driver for people. Um, so again, just literally the presence of the branch nearby uh, is enough to for people to go, oh, okay, you know, they might be looking online at um, one of the uh, affiliate comparison websites, uh, and they see our logo, and it's like, oh yeah, I've seen I've seen them in in the shopping mall um, when when I've done my shopping. I've never stepped foot in it, but at least I know that they're here. Um, so it, it helps with quite a lot with that as well. Um, as mentioned um, before, there's still uh, activity that um, currently needs uh, human contact. Um, you you can do. Um, you know, your home loan and laps, uh, home loan online, um, those sorts of things. But um, coming back to the accessibility issues, there's, um, you know, not necessarily literal accessibility issues, which uh, can be part of it too. You, you know, have issues reading, but um, yeah, literally just understanding the products. Um, one of the other things we do too is the mobile lenders um, can be based in a branch. Uh, they've got somewhere to, somewhere to go back to. So, uh, again, even if people, like people, customers aren't coming in as much, um, the mobile lenders need somewhere to work from to, to go out uh, to people to talk to them as well. I think what our research has shown is, is while we're seeing customers increasingly using digital channels, customers still like the idea of a branch being there just in case, which I think goes to what you're saying about if I'm yeah refinancing my, my mortgage, if I'm making a really big life decision, just knowing that there's someone there that I can go and talk to is something that's still quite important for customers. Um, so I'll stay with you. I, I would be curious to know what you well, what Heritage looks for when you're um, partnering with a technology vendor, what's important um, in that relationship? For us, a, a lot of it sort of comes back to, to the relationship and shared values. Um, so we need to be able to partner with someone that, that understands that we're a mutual. We're not. We don't exist to make money. Um, we we make money so that we can provide a better service, basically. So um, that's something that um, we we like to make sure that um, at least the vendor understands. And a couple of final questions uh, before we wrap up. I would we spoke a lot about onboarding and, and the role of digital onboarding and the fact that you know some customers are happy to go online for a lot of their uh, a lot of their different product relationships. Um, some customers still want that face to face element or want that omni channel element. Um, do you think we will get to a point where a hundred percent of customers are onboarded digitally? Do you think that is is something that we will achieve? And, and if so, how far away will we be? For, are we from that? Well, I think uh, there, there's sort of a couple of answers to this. So um, depends on your definite definition of digital. Um, so uh, there, there are companies out there right now that are onboarding all of their customers um, digitally. Um, it, having a completely digital bank is, is an option already um, now. Um, and but in saying that, uh, as far as I understand, uh, they still need um, a call center of people to help with those outside of the system uh, problems. So um, a lot of my background's in, uh, in systems development, uh, web development, that sort of thing. And you can only cater for a certain amount of scenarios. There's always gonna be that 1%. Um, and the bigger your company is, there's a bigger 1% uh, that you need to support uh, separately. So uh, part of it too is, uh, I think, just the maturity uh, of the the platforms at the moment um, they're 
they're quite good. Um, and like I said, you can do everything online, but it's still not quite at that point where we can just go, um, everyone does it, does it that way. The definition of digital is a really great point. I hadn't thought about that before. But even if you're if you're emailing someone, you're talking to a real person, but that's maybe that's technically right. digital. So yeah, it, it maybe it's about where do real people fit into a digital experience. That's it. Yeah, and from from our um, perspective, um, for example, with with offering um, Zoom calls for uh, appointments um, with staff staff are sitting in branch and people are zooming in um, when they. They can't make it due to COVID or just prefer that. So um, there's kind of, uh, yeah, it's really like anything as well. Uh, where's the line that's called digital? Um, and really, we're just in a world where digital is just mixed in with uh, the, the rest of um, life, pretty much. So, yeah. They're all very familiar with Zoom by now. Uh, Iman's uh, same question. When do you think we will get to 100% digital onboarding? Will we get there? Uh, look, really interesting question, right? Because I, I come from the technology side of it, right? And, uh, you know, what, what was that? Um, it was a canteen ad. It won't happen overnight, but it will happen, right? And I think that really, you know, for us resonates here. If I look, if we look back at, you know, iPhone, iPhone only came out in 2007. Now think about the impact that that's made in our daily lives, the whole the ability to have a smartphone in your pocket and all, everything that you do and how we rely on it. You know, but back in 2007, half the population was still using dial-up internet, right? For your, uh, for your audience that knew what that was, you know, that was the old, uh, the old modems, right? So, but today that's all changed, right? You know, digital is our life. And I think again, you know, if, if, if I can go back to what we were talking about before, you know, some some players have figured out how to make digital engaging and collaborative, right? And I think they're the ones that are winning. And I'll give you and I'll give you a, an example, right? Um, everybody knows Facebook, but what some people may not know is Facebook's not the first person or the first company that came out with a social network. There was a company called MySpace um, that were actually the first ones to it. They both had the same idea, right? But one figured out how to become engaging and do the engagement piece better than the other, right? MySpace had built this platform around it's a digital space for you to build a digital profile and for people to come and see hey you know what are you what are you up to Kate right but Facebook cha changed it a bit and said well you know what we're going to build a single unified platform for you to be able to engage with your friends family and now what we're seeing is commerce right everybody knows Facebook Facebook is where they are today because of that engagement layer MySpace died a very quick death Right. So, and we're seeing that in banking, right? You know, everyone can build a mobile or a web digital front end. That's not the hard bit, right? Every, you know, there's, everyone's got a digital story. Everyone's got a digital strategy of some sort, but the, where we're seeing the banks that are winning, right. And are taking market share and are becoming, you know, part of our daily lives are the ones that are doing it on an engagement platform in mind, right? So it's not just about the technology, but it's about, building that technology on an engagement banking platform that will have the customer in mind. And for us, you know, if we can, you know, if we see that, yeah, I absolutely believe we'll get to a scenario where hundred percent of customers will be onboarded digitally. Yeah. I remember my space. Um, great, great point. We've, we've come <laughs> very far in, in not a lot of time um, and customer expectations are being, I've been changed by all of those other platforms that they're using as well. Um, yeah. 
I'll finish up with a, a final question for you, Sean. Um, it would be good to get some uh, advice uh, from a heritage bank perspective if there are other banks out there who are looking at what you're doing. Um, what advice would you give to those? those Basically, can't be uh, all things to all people. Um, so we we utilise uh, external vendors quite a bit, get us out of our um, little bubble, I guess, uh, and use those people to basically get that fresh perspective uh, in the case, but use get that capability in-house as well. So um, we'll gather that advice uh, and integrate that with our uh, way of working. You may spin up a whole team to do a certain thing, um, but you've sort of got to think, well, is that really our core business or not? Um, and once you spin the team up, it's great for, for a while and then they get sucked into the bubble um, and aren't really looking outside enough either. So particularly for organi organisations of our size, we're sort of big enough to make an impact, but then small enough that there might only be one person that's the SME for that thing. So um, we'll use the special, you know, the uh, skills of that person day to day. Uh, and then when we're, trying to do um, something outside of that um, might get in a get a vendor to do some some research advice or you know provide us something they've already built uh, rather than trying to spin up a whole team and build it all themselves uh, each time I think an increasingly uh, common idea within the industry you're having different people focused on what they do well and then working together and partner partnering to bring the best experience possible to the customer yep yeah that's right thank you Thank you so much for uh, your time today. It was great chatting to you both. Thank you very much. Thank you, Kate. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Global Digital Banker Podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Podbean.